So it's been almost a year since we've gathered physically. And I wonder, is there a book in the Bible that was addressed to a congregation that couldn't meet physically? Well, there is, and that's called the book of James. Now for us, it's because of a pandemic. For them, it was because of persecution. But there was so much that we could learn from them as we begin our new series that will take us through the book of James. We're starting a brand new series starting today called New. And if you paid attention for the past few weeks, you'll note that New is the theme of our church for this year. Now we're using a letter from one of the first pastors in the Bible, and his name is James. Now as we go through his letter, you're going to discover that James truly has the heart of a shepherd. Today we're starting from James chapter 1 verse 19. So here's a quick synopsis of what he said prior to the verse we're talking about today. He starts off by saying, Hey, church, it's been a while since I've seen you guys. Hopefully, you're doing great. Now, there's some things that's been on my mind, and so that's why I'm writing this letter. He starts off by saying, We all know that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen? To Everybody probably said amen. Humans have a knack for taking good things from God and tainting it with sin, and we need to reclaim that good thing and make it new again. So first, I'm warning you to be careful of your desires to want to be wealthy. Now, I heard that many of you have gone down a path that leads to death because of your unhealthy desire to get rich. And some of you, after finding yourself in a destructive state, even blame God saying, why? Why is God doing this to me? Why is he testing me? Well, let me tell you, that wasn't God testing you. That was you giving birth to death through your unchecked desires. So this is what Pastor James says. He says, this is what I want you to do. Cling on to the words of Jesus, which is that he loves you unconditionally and that you are part of his family. He has given you new life and you now have the power to give others new life with that same invitation. And then he goes on to say, oh yeah, here's another thing that's been polluting you that needs to be reclaimed and made new. And this is where we begin chapter 1 verse 19. He says, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Well, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Alright, so first, a few thoughts on anger. Anger is not a bad thing. James is talking about a tainted version of anger. So for example, when injustice occurs, and we want to set it right, and we also feel justified being angered by the unfairness of the world, right? And that's all good. That's completely natural. You see something wrong, we get angry about it. Okay, but Pastor James is saying, if you start believing that somehow your anger is contributing to the reparations of this world, then you have tainted anger. You have polluted it. You see, we all imagine at some level that when things are unjust, a little bit of our own anger will make things right. And James is saying that is wrong. Another first century church leader, name was Paul the Apostle, When he was writing a letter to a church in Ephesus, this is what he said. He said that there may be a type of anger that is appropriate, but he insists that it must be kept severely in its place. See, this is why James tells his congregation to be slow to anger, which means make sure you keep your eye on it. You can get angry about some things, but don't use that anger to fix the world. It won't lead to the world that God has envisioned. Instead, this world should be repaired through love. 
But you might be thinking, well, what should we do if we're angry all the time or if our anger gets out of hand? Well, James has something to say about that in the very next verse. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So here, Pastor James is saying, stop allowing the world to further taint you and pollute you. Instead, let Jesus' words shape you. He says, then at that point, you will be a force for God's kingdom and not someone that's unknowingly working against it. All right, let's continue to verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says and anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So what's James saying here? He's saying, if you live by Jesus' words and his teachings, then it could truly set you free and give you life, and at the same time, weed out all the, the pollution and all the taint that's inside of you. Now, at this point, being a pastor, James probably is like, you know what, I don't think my congregation understands what I'm trying to say here. So he brings out an object lesson. See, in a world where there's no way of knowing what you look like, because there were no cameras back then, obviously, the only way to get a glimpse of yourself, uh, of your face, is by looking at a reflection of yourself in the river or a puddle, which is not clear enough to know exactly where your blemishes are. You see, but for a small group of rich people, they had something called a mirror, which back then was made out of polished bronze. And so for the rich elite, they knew exactly what their faces looked like, whereas the poor had no clue. And so James is saying, imagine if one day, out of nowhere, you got this one chance to find out what you actually look like. Imagine finally getting the chance of a lifetime to finally know where your blemishes are. So in this brilliant illustration, Pastor James is telling us, you know, living according to the words of Jesus is like discovering finally what you really look like. And you have the opportunity to make changes in your life. And most people in this world, they don't even know what needs to be changed in their life, but you do. You, church, have the privilege of knowing exactly what needs to change in your life. But imagine not doing anything about it. So James goes on, verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they had heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Okay, that verse right there is the key to understanding this entire lesson. James says that you have the privilege of knowing the perfect law. Now, what is the perfect law? Well, it's mentioned here and also in the next chapter of James, but the perfect law is basically to love other people in the same way that Jesus has loved you. Okay, if you're lost at this point, I'm going to start stitching all these things together. You see, the church being the people who follow Jesus' teachings, we're able to know exactly what parts of our lives need to be changed. And because of that, we are able to become more aware of ourselves, and we can become better people, and you can be people of great influence. James is saying, with that great influence, we shouldn't be chasing after wealth. No, no, no. You should be chasing after the perfect law, which is to love others in the same way that Jesus has loved us. And so James is taking that concept of self-realization and he's marrying it to the greatest commandment that Jesus taught us, which is to love others as Christ has loved us. In doing so, we are able to bring justice in the world through love instead of anger. Now, in the second half of that verse, James says something that's really interesting. He basically says, if we become people who chase us after this perfect law, that we will be blessed in whatever we do. Now, this sounds weird at first until you realize that what he's doing here is that he's redefining the word bless. You see, we as Westerners, we tend to think of blessings as something that we receive. 
You see, like when we have a lot, we often say, oh, we are so blessed, or that our country is blessed if we are a rich nation. Blessings is often attached to the receiver, but James is saying that Jesus' blessing comes in the form of the giver, that giving things away and sacrificing ourselves to others. Now, I know for a fact that some of you have ex actually experienced this. Some of you have given away something that's really precious to you for the sake of somebody else. Some of you have given away some of your precious time or your resources, and you've experienced this kind of blessing that you can't put words to. The things that we experience when we're selfless is the blessing that James is talking about here. Then James concludes with these next two verses. Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceives themselves and their religion is worthless. So James basically says, regarding your speech, he says, if you are speaking out of anger, out of frustration, then you are not representing Christianity properly. Speaking out of anger usually leads to belittling other people, mob mentalities, and riots. He says, that does not represent what my Lord stood for. And then he concludes in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So he says, if you want to know what true Christianity looks like, there's two parts to this. Number one, you always act out of love. You take care of the people who are in need. You take the influence that God has bestowed on you to help other people. And the second part of a religion that represents Jesus properly is that you do what you can to keep the world from tainting you, from polluting you. So what he's saying here is, look, you're a new creation because Jesus has been transforming you from the inside out. And what that means is you're now able to contribute to the repair of this world because Jesus gave you the tools to repair yourself first. You see, God has set you free and has continued to set you free. And that gives you the freedom to repair the world by caring for those who are in need. And God is making you into people who have influence. So he's saying, use that influence that God is giving you to care for the people around you. Use it for justice and use it to empower other people. The freedom that God has given you is not for you, it's for the people around you. So James, with his pastoral heart, is asking his congregation, and by extension you, this question. As God continues to transform you to set you free, what will you be doing with that freedom for others? So church, may Jesus' word bring healing into your life so you can be set free from the pollutions in your life. And may you use that freedom to bring healing in those around you who are in need. And may we spread and experience heaven together. God bless.